I wanted to do a quick bonus uh, episode that kind of ties the previous 18 chapters together. Uh, I didn't take sufficient notes through all the A-team to be able to go through and really give a session-by-session session blow I intended to, uh, as by the bonus episode for the chessboard fight, but I really wasn't able to do it, and I kind of gave up, not thinking that that mattered all that much. Now that the A-team is kind of becoming a larger portion and we're moving into doing an A-team fight, I thought I'd go back, recap most of what happened, at least... Um, what I can remember and what exists in my notes. That way there's at least some bit of a record of it. So the A-team started out, as you heard in the previous episode, it kind of starts out in the middle of a fight. Uh, Didn't intend for that fight to be the entire session, which is what happened, Um, but that's fine. After that fight, they meet their contact, Snarkle, who is a tabaxi, who is the avatar of Mykeel, who tells them, hey, they have another mission that they immediately need to go on. Quit you know, monkeying around here with this uh, lich thing. We got this thing in the bag. I need you to go. Uh, I have a contact in Sigil. Um, we have a potential seal that's breaking. And so they go get transported into Sigil. They make contact with their uh, contact there, Uh, He doesn't seem super interested. He kind of tells them that in order to help them, they have to go get something for him. Um, And so they go and they talk to uh, a magic shop that's run by a treant, but it's actually a series of treants that exist in different timelines. Uh, They kind of have a really weird conversation because I wanted to keep the city of Sigil kind of kooky and crazy. And I think they kind of enjoyed talking. Uh, they were excited because the treant told them that they had already paid in the future. Uh, basically, that there's a debt that they owe, that if they go back to town, to their inn, they'll be able to find the crystal that, you know, they kind of need to be able to do this whole projection thing. And so they do that and they get projected towards the Sphinx Temple. There's a little bit of a gross scene uh, in order to do that. And then they talk to the three Sphinx. There are three Sphinx there, Alix, Getty, and Nile, which are a Rush reference, which no one ended up picking up. The entire series of challenges for the Sphinx Temple is a series of Rush references. Um, and they believe that they're supposed to pick up a pair of magical scissors that can, or a mirror that allows them to see, you know, a shears that will allow them to cut the threads of the weave. So basically creating a no magic zone, but artificially by forcibly severing the weave, obviously that has down, uh, downstream impacts if that happens. Princess Celestia has been told that she's good to go, but all the other humanoids need to get tested by the sphinxes. And so they head into the first um, of challenges which is the moving pictures challenge. And this moving pictures challenge was a circular room. Um, And in there, they're told that only the brightest star can be written into history. And they kind of do an insight check and they end up finding out um, they needed to find, be able to put the character Tom Sawyer into the limelight. 
um, again, more rush references. And that's how they were able to advance. They were able to figure out that they advanced to the second chamber, uh, permanent weaves. And in this chamber, they find themselves um, kind of on a beach. Um, and, you know, they're told they have to ride out to the gentle motion of the universe. Um, and so there's a, a they search, they can find this ladder that extends upwards, but they can also kind of walk out to the beach. I wanted to create multiple ways of changing. Um, basically, suboptimal solutions would still allow them to advance. That takes them to fly by night. They find themselves on a giant uh, owl. They have to figure out what they need to do. The owl is falling. Um, they jump off. And if they do, then they land on the track. And um, if they they potentially need to find out how to make themselves run faster, there's a series of challenges associated with that. They end up winning. They get the shears. Great. They get the magical shears. Just as the sphinxes are giving them the shears, uh, 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 you know, they get attacked by a beholder, Slixerlump, or at least the manifestation of him. Uh, Slixerlump jumps in to grab the shears. They beat him back. He disappears. And so uh, they take the shears back to Sigil. They get pulled back in. Um, as they do, they basically get arrested almost immediately. Um they're able to kind of work out some deals. Uh, well, they're not arrested. The person that projected them gets arrested. They're able to work out a couple of deals with some folks in Sigil, uh, and they're able to get him released. This ultimately leads to what I think was a fun and great fight um, where they um, basically get surrounded. They create a hero's feast, and they're trying to bribe some folks and um, they basically just start busting through the walls to attack things that are outside of the hut that they're in. Obviously, this causes a lot of destruction. They decided that they didn't need to go attack Creed, which was going to be the next thing to find the mirror, because if they have the shears, then the whole thing is broken. I didn't consider that. I thought that they would still go, but um, Sam, or one of my players who plays Adora, uh, or excuse me, Aurora Summers um, really was adamant that he didn't want, that that character didn't want to interact with Creed, the character. Um, and so basically it was a kind of a non-starter. I knew that it would be interesting, um, but, you know, created some interesting things. Anyway, the city, the Lady of Blades decides to keep the shears, them having been protected. And me only having planned a couple of sessions decide, okay, that's good. That's the end of the arc. The lady allows them to leave the city of blades or, or the city of sigil, um, the cage as it were. And we think that's the end. Well, we decide to do a couple more A-team sessions. And so the A-team find themselves transported uh, for another fight. Uh, this fight, um, they go to one of the outer planes um, into uh, a town where they're basically trying to prevent um, lycanthropes. There's apparently a, um, a 
evil form of lycanthropy that can actually even corrupt beasts, not just sentient beings. And they're trying to figure that out. They sort out all of the details about that. They end up going to the main stronghold where the celestials for the goddess are holed up. Um, and they, the, the celestials are corrupted by the lycanthropy and the goddess is on her way to destroy them. The party cleverly finds out that they can heal, right? They, they have the capacity to remove the lycanthropy curse. Uh, I basically was going to require them to have something pretty advanced to do that. I kind of did. So I, I let the party win. Um, and they were feeling pretty good. Um, but I initially sent them there because I had gotten excited about a concept, which was the false Hydra, which is a evil creature that eats people. And once it eats you, it deletes the memory of your existence from reality. And so I left a bunch of clues for them as to why they had a rogue with them, right? Characters that they were interacting with were constantly dropping things that the party was able to just randomly pick up. Um, and so um, once they kind of defeat that, they're still around town and, um, you know, they've been tripping over random things. Uh, they get a note from Snargle snuggles love that there's something going on. Um, and I created two versions of the note subtly changing from one to the other later in the game without them knowing that I had switched. And in the second version of the note, because obviously they're not going to open it up mid game. It had all these like asides, like help me, they're eating us. Um, like it was kind of half in memory and half not, but it was able to be deleted as you looked at it. Uh, and that was a fun, and we kind of ended with them finding the false hydra and killing it, uh, and realizing that they actually had failed to stop the false hydra from eating their rogue friend, um, who they didn't realize was no longer a part of the party because the false hydra had, you know, destroyed them. So uh, those were the major, you know, A-team sessions that we had had kind of wrapping up the plot of all of the things that the A-team has done. Keynotes, Snargle has been getting more and more, um, you know, tapped by Mikeel's power. Uh, Mikeel's not known to be gentle with his vessels and simply consumes them. And so they'll probably see that consumption. There'll be a few months that pass, and I think we'll probably have a tragedy with the Warden um, prior to the start of the next session. Anyway, just want to do a quick little bonus, adding in some recap for most of the, the kind of the major plot events for what happened without really getting into too much detail. Stay safe.